Welcome to Four Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with the original G. Guillermo, how are you, man? You are the founder and CEO of SmartHop. How are things? Very good. Very glad to be here with you. I've been watching uh, these episodes for a long time, so very excited to be with you. I'm glad to have you. Uh, SmartHop is an interesting company. Uh, you guys started out in Miami. You also participated in uh, some investors in New York. Tell me a little bit about the story on, on how you got started and, and uh, what's SmartHop all about. So short story, I'm originally from Venezuela. I started uh, as a pet food delivery guy, turned that college business into an almost 500 employee trucking company down in Venezuela. Uh, fast forward, uh, went to Columbia University in New York and um, decided to relocate to the U.S. and expand. And that's where I landed in Miami. Um, started a very traditional asset-based uh, trucking company, my first uh, two trucks in the U.S. And that's uh, pretty much what got me into the, into the U.S., uh, but also into this uh, Smart Hub opportunity. So what is Smart Hub exactly? Yeah, SmartHub is a platform for owner-operators and small trucking companies to give them uh, easy load booking, back office support, and low-cost operational uh, services. So what we um, what we encounter when I was uh, with my first two trucks is that really when you're so little, when you have one truck, two trucks. Uh, you struggle a lot on your top line. Um, you're dealing with public traded uh, brokers and really thousands of active brokers out there, but manually you're trying to find your demand. But also on your bottom line, what buying power do you have when you have two trucks, right? You, you're paying retail rates on fuel, retail rates on insurance. And so... We decided to build this business-in-a-box model that will help my trucking company, but also the thousands of small trucking companies out there. And what we are on a mission is to give them uh, all the tools and the recognition that they need really to be successful. So, so effectively, it's, a, it's an electronic software-enabled dispatch service. Is, is that a fair description? Yeah, completely. And how do you guys make money? So every time that we book a load on behalf of our customers, we charge them a fee on the gross revenue, right? So with that, they get all in all the services that we provide. So we developed this amazing technology that's automating the decision-making process of booking a load. And think about the owner-operators or the trucks are long haul, right? They will spend a couple of weeks out on the road and they're getting higher on a load per load basis. So really what our technology does is that we connect to brokers, we bring that information and we centralize that information. At the same time, uh, we're connected with uh, benchmark um, uh, information uh, such as uh, Sonar, right? And we are clusterizing the entire U.S. to really understand offer and demand, how um, the industry is moving, and really making sure 
what's going to happen. So we estimate what's going to happen two days from now, three days from now, when we suggest and send one of our trucks to a different market, right? Is that a good decision? If I'm in Atlanta, is it a good decision to send a truck down to Miami just because they're paying a lot of money? Well, if you get down to Miami with a truck, a lot of trucks go down, nothing gets generated or a few loads gets generated in Miami. So you lose money going out. So that technology really enables uh, the owner operator to make good decisions on their top line. Uh, but also once we book that ten, uh, once we book that load, then all the back office, all the hard work of uh, sending the paperwork, uh, running uh, IFTA, um, check calls, uh, being that support um, system between the broker and the driver. So pretty much we are um, that COO for the owner operators, giving them all the information that they need for them to decide what's best for them. And why would a why would a, an owner operator or a midsize or you know a guy with a couple of trucks why would he sign up for the service versus doing this work himself? What would be the advantage you would bring to them? Yeah, so you have uh, scattered technology across the board, right? Thousands of active brokers, um, millions of dollars spent on apps, load boards, and their own technology, right? But really, what's um, what's the right way to really understand the universe of loads and opportunities that any carrier has in front? Um, what's being done today is really scrolling through load boards. Uh, if you have an app or if you have some load boards, it's really very manual uh, process. And even when you get one of these uh, brokers, or if you're on the phone, because still, I mean, you know brokers better than anyone. There's a lot of phone calling um, still going on. Um, what's the right decision? Do these guys really understand how the market is moving? And we saw it with uh, COVID-19, how fast can from one week to another the market uh, can change? And so, isn't the use of the technology and the suggestion that will allow the small trucking companies to make uh, good decisions and uh, be able to grow with this massive support system that they have in back office. So really you're combining the technology and a subscription model where they have access to this fantastic set of resources, access to data and intelligence about the market, and you're helping find new customers. Are you actually getting into direct shipper relationships or is most of your freight coming from freight brokers? So that's a great question. We are 100% working with brokers. We don't, we're don't. we not working with any shippers. We don't see um, working with shippers. We want to be able to decide what's best. We don't want the compromise of a capacity that needs to be moved. That's why brokers exist, right? There's a shipper that needs some freight to be moved. And so the broker turns around and resells that, um, that demand that the shippers have. But when Coca-Cola uh, tells Convoy, I have 100 loads, it's on to Convoy for them to resell that to whoever, right? Uh, because we're 100% trucker-centric, we want to be able to tell Convoy, among these 100 loads that you have, this 25 are the ones that really um, fit the criteria, the need, 
that my capacity have. If you do this or that, we could tap into more and we could put more capacity. But that's one thing why we want to keep our relationship with brokers. And the other one is for the brokers, uh, for the for for our customers, the truckers. We are their sales arm, right? So, how can an owner operator be able to sit down with uh, Convoy or with C.H. Robinson or uh, J.B. Hunt, right? They they don't have the volume or the power to do that. But with hundreds of trucks being represented by us, we are able. Uh, to share information and to negotiate and to uh, look for opportunities uh, with those brokers on behalf of our of our own customers. Now you built the team. You're you're from or a part of the industry. Uh, you're also a tech entrepreneur, um, which is you know a new generation of executive in this space. But you've also brought folks that have had uh, successful track records. Uh, Jeff Ogren uh, from Uber Freight uh, is a part of your team. Tell us a little bit more about the team makeup. Yeah, so uh, this is my first tech startup. I've been uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I can recall, but more on on the traditional side of entrepreneurship, right? I I joined efforts when I had this idea with my technical co-founder who has been developing software for many many years. Early this year, we were uh, 11 people. We are now over 30, and very excited to have um, to have a Jeff on, on our team, but also people uh, like JP, uh, who is also an Uber or former Uber, um, who built the the Miami Eats uh, for Uber, and then became the GM of uh, Southeast. For Uber Eats, so we are building this amazing team with people from the industry, um, guys that have that um, animal instinct DNA of the tech ecosystem that allows this right combination of industry knowledge, but the sense of urgency of growth and rapid growth that is uh, allowing us to be where we're at. You guys raised venture capital uh, as well earlier this year. How big was the round? So we raised uh, early this year $4.5 million from great tech VCs in New York City. We went through Techstars New York uh, last summer, which was an amazing thing, not only for us being uh, Latin American immigrants, uh, but also being in our space and and having the interest of uh, Techstars to uh, bring us on their program. Also, we, we, we brought on board uh, some amazing tech VCs, but also industry insiders that, again, it's the right combination of people uh, supporting uh, our efforts that is going to allow us to uh, really take on this challenge. So who, who are your investors? Uh, our lead investor is uh, Equal Ventures um, in New York City. Um, also, uh, Greatcroft. Uh, we're excited to have Greatcroft as early as, as we are. Um, great things uh, being done by by those two, but also on the industry side of things, uh, to have names like uh, Jed McCandles, Andrew Leto, we're very excited about having them on board as well and being uh, part of this journey. So, so as I look at what's happening in venture, freight tech is obviously very, very hot right now. 
um, even in a post-COVID world or a COVID to post-COVID world. And I, I wouldn't even call it right now post. I, I think we're in the middle <laughs> of the battle. It feels, though, yeah. that the, the, the COVID crisis of March, that pre-stock up dis- disruption, uh, has been, I don't know if normalized is the right term, but we're in a new normal in a COVID world. Um, it seems that logistics tech and freight tech and supply chain and uh, information services has actually done quite well in the cycle. Are you hearing the same thing? Same thing. You're spot on. And I think this whole uh, discussion about supply chain, right, how our raw materials come from uh, China, right, and what's the dependence there and how to build supply chains, local supply chains, uh, it's something that has been getting in the minds of everybody, So supply chain has been, throughout the entire pandemic, has been top of mind, right? Uh, When we were on the highs of uh, late March, right, the buying buying, um, spender of people changed dramatically, right? Everybody thought that they needed to have uh, toilet paper stocked on their homes, right? So everybody went crazy. Supply chains... uh, got disrupted uh, late March, but then in April, it was the other way around, right? So this has been a top-of-mind discussions for everybody, and I think investors are taking this seriously. How can a very old-school industry be shifted and, and, and have more efficiency when it comes to not only investments, right, but when it comes to doing things differently, so freight tech's really hot, as we as we talked about. Um, you know, having gone through the venture cycle and and met a lot of venture capital investors, oftentimes they know the convoy story, they know the Uber freight story. How do you talk and tell them the smart hot story and describe the differences between what convoy is doing in the market and what smart hot aspires to do? That's a very interesting question because there's some um, VCs out there that read TechCrunch and really the news on TechCrunch, uh, they stay on the surface. But when you get to supply chain, even within trucking, there's so many differences between modes and between platforms and also between uh, the approach of each company, uh, right, and each technology. Uh, We are not a broker. We'll never be a broker. We are a SaaS platform uh, that helps the trucking companies be able uh, to run end-to-end operations. And what that means is that is that right tool for the truckers to be able to talk to guys like Convoys, to talk to Uber Freight in an efficient way, right? You might hear Convoy saying, we want to help truckers stay on our platform, right? But it's so fragmented that it's not really profitable for a trucking company to stay with uh, Convoy. But it's because of what we do for the truckers. It's because what we know from our customers that we are able also to help the convoys and the Uber freights of the world uh, in making their lives easier. Imagine Uber or Convoy, right? They have 30, 40,000 uh, truckers uh, on their platform. 80% or plus of, their, of those truckers will hold only one time a year with them, right? So 
they don't know what's going on with that trucker when that trucker is on a C.H. Robinson load. But it's on our interest in sharing information with Convoy in saying, don't keep spending that amount of money re-engaging with truckers. Talk to me through APIs, and I'm able to give you our current but also our future capacity for you to make better decisions and also for helping our customers really be more efficient in uh, matching those loads. Yeah, Guillermo, I, I've also seen a lot of VCs that don't know the space very well, and it's very difficult for them to understand all of the nuances of movement to freight and how differentiated these opportunities can really be. Um, you know, we as a media company, a data company, also get caught up in that uh, story of how are we different than the Ubers and the convoys. And frankly, we're completely in separate universes in terms of what we do. And you are as well. I mean, ultimately, you're there to help trucking companies be more efficient and operate uh, more revenue per truck per week is the ultimate variable that you guys are concerned about. Uh, a little different than what a broker does. A broker's job, as you described, is to effectively own the customer, the shipper relationship, and optimize the shipper's map, whereas you're really helping optimize the carrier's, the carrier's journey and their tours on a weekly basis. Yeah, correct. So, so the great thing about this is what shippers are for brokers is what truckers are for our for for us, right? So in connecting those two dots together, I mean things are amazing. What we're doing with the brokers that we're connecting, the type of data that we are receiving, but also the relationship that we're able to build with this, not only the digital brokers, but also with the legacy brokers is amazing. Right now, imagine a world where a broker doesn't need to spend um, the amount of money that they spend just to talk or to engage with a trucker. The other way around, imagine the amount of calls, but also those that are digital. Imagine the amount of time that a, an owner operator spends scrolling down through an app, deciding which load they should get, right? So I come from the industry and I, I really understand that this has to be a solution, the right combination of digital and analog, right? I, I don't see that this is, by any means, should be a pure technology play. Uh, our owner operators are on the road. They need someone on the phone to help them figure out stuff that happens, right? Silicon Valley VCs, like pure software, and when you mention that there's a truck out there and there's an appointment and there uh, there's stuff that happens out there, they're like, oh, yeah, I like software, but not so much that a truck will call you at uh, 2 a.m. in the morning, right? We, we believe that we, we have the ability to solve that through automating most of the tasks of check calls and appointments and whatnot, but really, our, our truckers need to help when they are out there. Uh, it's all, at the end of the day, freight is all about exception management. And you, you pointed out something really interesting is you can automate 95% of the workflow and the matching and the optimization. So that 5% is where all the cost is. That's where the inefficiencies are, is managing those exceptions. So it's investing in automating all the stuff you can and finding ways to be efficient with the manual processes, but it's, it is difficult. I, I tell the story, we went out to Silicon Valley and 
our model, because we are, have both recurring revenue and uh, non-recurring revenue, uh, the Silicon Valley VCs love the recurring revenue side, but very, we're very, they struggled to put a value on the non-recurring revenue side because it's, it's, it's a very different animal for them, particularly when it requires human intelligence versus technology. Yeah, completely. So you need to be from the industry to understand the frustrations of who executes and that there are some things that technology is not able to solve, right? So if you play at 100% digital um, proposition, I don't see that as uh, the winning uh, solution, right? You, you need to be there. You need to understand the nuances. And, uh, and, and I think, but I, I think VCs across the board are understanding more and more that yes, uh, automate as much as you can because we want automation. But uh, we're seeing, at least from our firsthand investors, that they're excited about what we're doing and they want us to keep uh, being so close to our customers because that ends up uh, driving the engagement of uh, truckers wanting to stay with us. So, Jay, you were talking, so you talked. You've got some great investors that you talked a little bit about. Tell me a little bit about what they're bringing to the table and what you would expect for a future investor to do for you. So the good thing about what we have today is that we have investors that they understand the industry. They're amazing tech VCs, but they truly understand, but also like the industry. And what has helped us very well throughout this couple of months that we have been together is that they're eager to make introductions, uh, to help hire top talent people, to even be on our brainstorm sessions, uh, understanding our challenges, but also pushing us to the limit to get the best out of us, but understanding the real challenges that not only software has, but the industry have. I think everybody that goes out and raise capital if you can, with that test that you just mentioned, if you are able to tap into investors that not only understand your industry but like to help out, I think you, you, you'll win uh, no matter what. I mean, the reality is that the freight tech venture capital, as much money as they've deployed, the, the VCs that tr travel and transverse inside the industry is actually a very small group. In fact, Oftentimes, any company that raises capital, chances are that at least one investor in that round is an investor that we know very well, not because necessarily they're invested in us, but because they're coming to conferences that we host or actively engaging. So the cap tables across this industry are actually quite similar. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when we decided to go out and raise I mean, I was uh, full-time fundraising, which is uh, a hard, uh, hard uh, job to do. A lot of no's. You start receiving a lot of no's. Uh, people that might not know the industry or might be scared of uh, or that only read uh, TechCrunch, right, and don't want to go even deeper than that. Uh, but the good thing about going into that roadshow is that you meet a lot of people that are truly wanting to come into the industry and want 
to understand the industry. And it's with those uh, tech VCs that we want to stick together and uh, make sure that they are on the long run for uh, with us. So, G, I got two questions. You can only answer one of them. You got to pick. I want you okay. to make a bold prediction over the next five years what you see happening, or tell me the worst VC meeting that you ever had and what happened. Your choice to pick, pick those questions. Oh, okay. So let me think about bold prediction or. So I'll make the, a, a bold uh, prediction that is going to happen is that uh, we're going to get rid of uh, human intervention when it comes to booking loads, and it's going to be between a digital broker or a broker that has digital capabilities and truckers that have digital capabilities. And that's going to become the norm. And you think by 2025, we're going to see that? Oh, I think that we're going to see it early. I'm going to break some news on what we are about to do. Uh, By the end of July, we're going to have two trucks on the road being dispatched by a computer asynchronous. What that means is that there's a computer deciding for three weeks where that truck is going to be, which is the broker, which is the load, which is the paid, and that's happening this July with Smart Hub. So we're going to be the first uh, company autonomously dispatching a truck, and that's happening 2020. So the touchless dispatch is here. The autonomous trucking company, and I did not say autonomous truck driving company. I said autonomous trucking company is nearly on the horizon. Well, Guillermo, appreciate you coming in today and being a part of the Four Speed Ahead uh, show. Really appreciate you and best, wish you the best of luck on your journey as a founder and as an innovator. Thanks for having me, Craig, and very excited to be with you today.